Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. Some guests on here for you. So today we have Shandai Person, um, who I will let introduce herself in a little bit, but I'm super excited to have you. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Margot. It's great to be here. Um, and I know you are a senior software engineer at Netflix, among many other things. Um, well, I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear a little bit more about kind of your background, but um, before we get started, are you, I saw on your Twitter, you're based in Atlanta. Is that where you are now? Yes, that's correct. So I'm originally from Massachusetts. I moved to Atlanta in 2019 to uh, join a, well, it was more to to be with family. My my whole family had made a migration down here. And, and um, I moved and I started with a company that develops software for salespeople. At the time, I was a salesperson too. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a, a good whole background episode. to come from. I think um, a lot of people don't like to admit it, but sales skills are can bleed into almost anything you do. So I think that's a good um, kind of foundation to stand on. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And what's funny is that um, one of our, I think he's, he's either a staff or principal engineer that I work with here at Netflix, um, set up a meeting with me on Wednesday and he was like, I really just want to pick your brain about sales because it sounds like, um, a lot of the stuff that we, so our customers are internal. I work as part of the productivity team at Netflix and we build uh, software for other engineers here. Um, that just because we build it doesn't mean that people are automatically going to use it. And so he was like, I'm interested in getting some of your tips in sales and how to effectively, um, get people to get on board with using the tools, adopting the tools, and then um, following up with them to find out what else they need. So it's a cool little side project. Um, but like, it's it's just very interesting how your like the background and especially things in sales can come into play in an engineering role pretty heavy. So, um, yeah. so yeah, get to use it all the time. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and Atlanta is a really cool city. I was actually born there kind of randomly and lived there for the very first few years of my life. I've been in Colorado, um, the most of the rest of the time, but I've gone back and visited a couple of times and it's, it's really blossomed. It's so green and so much happening and, um, a really fun place. So I know it's yeah. growing pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it is. And there's a great tech scene here too. Um, it's just hot. And I've never <laughs> been to Colorado, but I do want to visit. So when I go, I'll have to I'll have to let you know. So yeah, let can... me know. It's it's hot here too, but it's dry, so it, it helps a little bit. But I think everywhere's hot right now. So that's um, true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so so yeah, I know you shared a little bit kind of just now about your journey, where you came from, but um would love to hear a little bit more before we jump into some other questions just about like what you're what you're working on how long have you been at Netflix um was that your like first break into the tech career did you come from other tech roles before you made that transition just would love to hear a little more yeah so um yeah so just a a quick intro of myself I'm Shonda Person senior software engineer at Netflix I 
um, have been at Netflix. I hit 10 months a couple weeks ago. So, um, and I actually haven't been in engineering that long period. So I was, I, I moved into engineering in November of 2020. Right now it's July of 2022. So I guess it's only been like a little over a year and a half. Um, my first role in engineering was at the company that I came down and started with in Atlanta, a company called Salesloft. And again, they make software for salespeople. And um, I started out as a salesperson and that was where I discovered my real passion. Well, okay, I, sh I, I could take a step back and I'm kind of um, doing the, the backwards timeline thing here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was at SalesLoft, that's when I discovered that I wanted to turn um, development into or coding into my career. And before that, I had kind of dabbled in it. Um, there were certain parts of my life that exposed me to a little bit of engineering, but I had always had these stereotypes in my head of what an engineer looked like. And that was something that I didn't think I represented. And I also just wanted to distance myself as far from it. So I thought typical engineer is just somebody who doesn't like to talk and um, not very social likes to sit in dark rooms and just like plug away at computers. That is definitely a classic stereotype, but it's a stereotype <laughs> for a reason, so. <laughs> right, and you know, Margo, what's funny is that that's me right now. Like I <laughs> totally embraced the pandemic, not the pandemic, I've been embraced quarantine because I'm uh, exhausted. And my, my sales career was a great way to um, meet new people, to, get very comfortable with my voice and to um, learn to communicate with people effectively. But I was very exhausted by the time um, the pandemic hit. I was exhausted with sales, the constant grind, um, always needing to grow the pipeline, hit your numbers. This like the whole hustle culture is very prevalent. Um, and yeah. you have <laughs> to was... be very competitive. I think it's a very, um, like you have to kind of want to hit those numbers and beat those numbers and almost be really competitive with yourself and your team. And I think that that can get old. <laughs> it, it can. Yeah. In the beginning, when you're first starting out, it, it, it drove me like it was, yeah. um, you know, I'm always like trying to compete with the next person. Um, but then as you get older or more senior in your career, it's like, you're kind of looking for more relationships that aren't just based on who's doing better or, um, to, to me, at least from where I sat, a lot of it was like people, you were as um, valuable as your current performance. And every quarter, your um, numbers just started all over. You start at zero. And then you could be the flavor of the month if the accounts that you work with are doing well and you're selling a lot. Right. Um, or like you're nobody at the end of the quarter and you know, <laughs> you're know you not getting to go out to these big fancy dinners and, um, you know, celebrate with everybody else. You know, you're just like sitting there licking your wounds. And so, um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it does. Yeah. It's just like very superficial relationships. So, um, I, I think I had kind of, um, squeezed as much juice as I could out of sales. I was really good at it, but, um, I didn't, when I looked at the other past in sales, I could go down um, sales management roles, or I could become 
the next level of sales, which I forget what it was, but, you know, big, working with bigger accounts, or I could do sales enablement, which is more sales training. None of that really seemed like what I wanted to do. Ultimately, I just didn't know what it was. Um, and so it, it took some time. And um, I ended up this is actually as I was on maternity leave, I um, decided to dabble in um, in just like some, some hobby coding. So I would code websites for my son's daycare or, um, and this was just for fun. I never gave it to them. I, um, there was a little brownie place that I really loved in Massachusetts and I redid their website and, um, I got so much joy out of it. I, I signed up for Code Academy and, um, it was like 200 bucks, maybe, maybe like 150. And I was like, I'll just give myself a half an hour a day because there's only so much in the time in the day that you can actually spend coding when you have a newborn. Yeah, and I was, I was like, gonna say, I'm surprised. I I went through maternity leave over Christmas. I've got a nine month old, and I'm pretty impressed that you had time to do that. <laughs> Congrats, first <Thank> of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you know, if you put yourself in the position of somebody who has like an infant and it's not like time is not abundant. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I gave myself half an hour a day and the reason Code Academy was a, a good option for me versus like a boot camp or um, just going out and getting a CS degree is because I, one, didn't have, like, I couldn't just up and leave my job. I needed to have some income. And um, also, I just didn't have the time. I needed something that wasn't so much of a commitment um, to do. And I couldn't, I couldn't spend a whole ton of money on um, a boot camp or, or a, like some, some college courses. So I decided to dabble in it. And I loved it so much. Like I would put my son to sleep. And then I would find myself up until one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, <laughs> most nights, just coding. And I loved it. And so I was like, I should make a career out of this. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me to like, cause to me, sales was a safe path. And um, so right. I didn't want to steer away from that, but um, I looked up, you know, oh, well, how much could an engineer make? And um, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I could, you know, at least be comparable to what I make in sales. And um, yeah, I, I started on the path um, in 2019 of like really buckling down and being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do as my career. And how did you know which courses or, or what to start with? I mean, are like, I'm assuming a lot of these programs probably have, here's our recommended, if you're just getting started, like the first three courses or something, but did you have a lot of those questions of like, which framework should I be focusing on, you know, front end, back end, or at the beginning, was it just like really the basics? and then kind of figure out what you like from there. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough um, because I was in tech sales, I had access to engineers and um, I could ask them just like one-off questions. And I asked one engineer, this was way before I decided to go down the um, engineering path. I was like, if you were going to pick a language to learn, what language would you pick? And it's a, a, obviously a very vague, nuanced, answer to the question yeah. or you know it's a it's a it's a big broad question um but he knew me and he was like well for you I see you going down one of two paths so you could either go down the python path if you wanted to do robots which is um what the people the customers that I was working with at the time did 
you, you could go down the, the Python path if you wanted to do more robotics or mathematics and um, things like that. And so he gave me some things to think about. He was like, if you wanted to do web design um, or apps, you could do like JavaScript. And um, when he said apps, it, to me, that was more familiar and right. it just sounded sexier to me. I'm like, this is something like, I'm like, okay, well, I could program for the iPhone or something. Um, so I didn't know that every website that you go to is, is an app. Like I didn't know that, um, you know, when I op open Spotify on my computer, that's an app too. And so that was what I discovered over time. Um, the reason I recommend Codecademy, um, along with all of the other things that I said, you know, the lower cost and the self-paced um, aspect of it is um, instead of doing like a one-off course, like, you know, this person just released a course on React or this person released a course on databases, um, right. Codecademy gives you a curriculum that you can go down and you can follow this curriculum. And then as you go down, you can say, okay, well, I want to branch off here and learn more about databases um, as we're talking about more backend stuff or more like data and um, per performance and things like that. Um, so, but they'll give you, okay, this is a path. And the path that I chose was web development path. And so it took you from the very basics of what is the DOM? Um, what's HTML? What are you really putting in the browser? Um, and when you flip a page, like, what does it mean to repaint the DOM? Um, all the way into, okay, this is React, advanced React. This is Node, a little, you know, little dips into Node. And then um, at any point, because it's self-paced and because you're just on a monthly subscription, you can decide to opt out or you could just keep going with it. But um, I strongly advise doing a curriculum because and it's hard when you're just coming in to know what order to do things in. Um, and then, you know, feel like, oh, like, should I have gone back and learned more of the basics of JavaScript or, um, does this part of React not make sense to me because um, I completely missed one fundamental, like one fundamental piece that was like the foundation of learning everything else. So um, I strongly advise just look for something that has a curriculum and I'll advocate for Codecademy just because they have it structured in such a way that um, you can decide I want to go down web development or I want to go down gaming or something. It's more of like an industry instead of a focus on the language, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a really good point because um, especially for people just starting out, but at any point, like it's good to have an example of what path you should take and what courses will complement each other and what's a traditional way to get a well-rounded experience instead of just going in there and kind of blindly being like, okay, well, I'll just do six on React and then I'll be a React expert and like right. not understanding any other components of development. So I think that's a really good, um, a really good tip if you're going to be doing the self-paced to at least follow some sort of guided course. Um, so that's, that's great. Obviously you had a really good experience doing that on your own. And then through the pandemic was that, you know, or during or after was that when you got your first actual coding job or how did you like how did that happen what was your process of being like okay now I'm coming from this from this background and now I want to find a job doing this that I'm passionate about that's a good question so um this is where the sales skills came in very handy I was a salesperson at SalesLoft and um when I decided that I wanted to switch careers I used my sales skills to 
um, build a case for why I should be able to interview and not have to go through some other interim role like, uh, I don't know, customer success or um, technical account manager, like any anything else. I wanted to go just straight into engineering. Um, so what what actually happened was I was in a meeting and it was um, a like a company meeting and I just happened to be sitting behind somebody who was coding. I didn't know what language it was or anything like that. I just saw like VS Code and um, or something. I don't I don't even know what <laughs> what editor he was using, but. Um, after the meeting, I asked, I was like, what, what is that? What is, what language are you using? He's like, oh, this is Ruby. Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm just starting to learn JavaScript, you know, does it, what does it have to do with Ruby? <laughs> he was like, you know, like, who are you? Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm a salesperson. <laughs> I'm a salesperson here. I'm new. Um, I wanted to learn JavaScript, but, you know, just as a hobby, I didn't, I was very new to the company. So I didn't want to just be like, Hey, well, you know, I just started the sales role. I'm looking to move into engineering. Um, but he was like, Hey, you should talk to this person, Gladney, who he's a salesperson. Um, and he's about to move over to product, product management. And he's made it very clear that he wants to be an engineer. I think the two of you would click met with Gladney. Um, and he was amazing. And he was like, listen, um, if you want, like, let's just meet once a week and just talk about coding stuff, like send me the curriculum you have for Code Academy and we can go from there. And um, so we set up meetings every, every Wednesday at lunch and he, we would go through all everything. Like I, I would tell him the stuff I was confused about or the stuff that I wasn't confused about. And he'd be like, oh, well, this is gonna get so much easier when you move to React or this is gonna get so much more exciting or do you want another way that you could do this? And here's another idea for this. And here's some considerations you may not have thought of. So he gave me more of the um, human side of things. Like I had been working with this interface, Codecademy, but he gave me more of a realistic view. Like when you work on a team, this is what you're gonna need or this stuff isn't really that important or this isn't really exciting now, but just just wait, just wait, you get excited. Um, so he like kept me going with it along with helping to answer questions. Another thing that I did, so this was like mentor, like finding a mentor um, was a big thing for me and finding a really great invested mentor was awesome. And I think we both kind of fed off of each other. He um, runs the company now that he, oh, wow. yeah, awesome. it, yeah, it was his little like coding side project yeah. and um, they were acquired and he's just like off doing all kinds of great things. Um, I also made it a goal to talk to one and one new engineer every week. Wow. And yeah, so I started with the, the folks at SalesLoft, but what my goal was, and this is from my sales mentality, was if I wanted them to do the selling for me. So I wanted if, you know, Margot bumped into engineer XYZ or the CTO in the hallway and my name came up, I wanted you not only to know who I was, but also to make the case to whoever you were talking to that I should be the next engineer in the organization. So um, I would have, I would invite people out for these coffee chats and just ask them about their journey, like similar to the conversation that we're having right now, like how did you get in? What made you want to do it? What kind of things, you know, would you tell to somebody who wasn't sure if they wanted to be in it? All different kinds of things and then i would also show them what i was working on and say okay if you are going to present this to our cto what 
tweaks would you make or what um what aspects of this app would you really harp on in those conversations? What would be valuable to them to hear? And I learned a lot. Um, and so I took all of that knowledge and I wrote it, wrote it down and I fed it back into the side projects that I was doing and into the conversations that I was having. And then um, also in the interviews that I had where like I felt very prepared for those conversations because I'm not just talking about, okay, this is, how I made fewer lines of code. I'm talking about how our users are going to need to use, you know, this aspect of it, or I'm thinking about accessibility. Um, when I add in just very slight transitions or um, all, all different kinds of things that normal, like juniors don't really think about. I wanted them to just be like, like, wow, this girl, she knows her shit. So, um, and, and those were really good conversations that we were having. So um, it ended up working out where exactly what I wanted. <laughs> there was, um, you know, people who would bump into our CTO in the elevator, literally, and just be like, have you spoken to this girl, Shonday? <laughs> to, to, this, <laughs> to the point where um, they invited me. Oh, and I would also submit projects to, to the team. Like, um, okay, this is a side project that I'm working on. And then they would send me back challenges. Like, okay, well, why don't you make a backend for this? Or why don't you try um, making your own API for this? And um, so it got to the point they invited me finally to a meeting that the engineering team was having, gave me an award for most projects submitted from wow. somebody who wasn't even in engineering. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, um, we actually have an opening for a junior and um, we want to invite you to interview. And um, so, you know, my reputation at that point had preceded me, even the people who were who I was interviewing with had already heard of me. And um, again, I was really pushing on the parts of the code that people had told me would be the most valuable to the to those people in the conversations. Right. Um, so it was just like a whole exercise in sales, um, but also a display of the technical skills that I had gained from from Code Academy. And yeah, that's it's really interesting. I mean, I it, it gets a unique um, like I mean, you already said you kind of had a non traditional path into engineering but what I'm hearing is that you really hustled I mean like you put in blood sweat and tears and thought about every moving part of this to make sure that you were kind of covering like covering every like loophole of what how could this not work out and how can I cover that and obviously the hard work that you put into it paid off but it's just interesting because I I talked to some people that are like well I kind of fell into engineering, like someone reached out to me and told me that I would maybe be good at it because of X, Y, Z and asked me to interview. But like you decided this was your path and you were like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And I don't care what they say. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, um, I would totally agree with that. Um, I would also caveat by saying that it's easy for me in hindsight to draw the straight line and say, okay, this is exactly what I wanted. And I knew it the whole time. And I knew that I was going to get in and um, I knew like there was going to be a happy ending in the moment though. It was, there were so many scary aspects of it. And so many, like, when I look back on it, I'm like, like, girl, what were you thinking? Like you had a newborn and you were sitting, like, you should have been spending the time sleeping and, you know, working on your career or, you, you know, you, may not even have thought about switching careers, like sales was the safe path. Um, and then 
I didn't know. I was asking a lot of questions, but I didn't know how I would like it or I didn't know how it would turn out. And I did have to take, um, at least initially, I did have to take a uh, pay decrease because I was doing so well in sales. Um, and now I was moving over to something that didn't involve commission and didn't rely on my performance. I was just getting paid a flat salary. Um, so that was, there were a lot of risky moments. So I just want to caution folks that aren't seeing like, okay, this is all going to work out or there are some concerns or there's like some risk involved. Um, I've been there. So like, and I, I understand, I feel your pain. Um, just do your best, use what you have, use the tools that you, you were given from your non-traditional career or from your parenting or from your volunteering or whatever you do, bring that all together and figure you, you're going to figure it out, figure out how to make it work. Um, and you'll get where you want to go. So just yeah, want to give add that caveat. Yeah. And well, I think that's a good, a good reminder. And also, I mean, for folks listening, obviously, if you don't have this exact path, or if you if you try to approach this similarly, where you go within the company you're already at and try to transfer teams, I mean, if it doesn't work out there, then you can go external too. Um, maybe a little scarier, but I think that's another pretty common path that that people do as well. Is you know, if there's not the fit for me here, then I can just kind of start interviewing and um, explain, you know, even though I'm not coming from an engineering role, here's all the training I did and the certifications I have. And as you said, all the projects I've worked on. So there's lots of different ways to get from point A to B. Um, it's it's pretty cool the way that your company recognized that that skill and talent and, and gave you that opportunity, but um, there's so much other opportunity out there if it doesn't come from within. Yeah. Uh, and And where, so how did you end up then switching over to Netflix, was that like, did you decide it was time to make a change? Did they come find you or, or how did that happen? Yeah. So that's, that's interesting too. So, um, I, my current manager is, um, someone I met on Twitter. He has a podcast. His name is Ryan Burgess. He has a podcast called Front and Happy Hour. And I, um, so this was as I was like, still learning to code, I would be driving to sales loft and listening to um, podcasts. And one of the things that I did was I immersed myself in engineering in any way that I could. And so the podcast was my way of immersion on my commute. Front and Happy Hour was my favorite podcast. And I tweeted about it um, back in 2019. I had just tweeted about this as a, as a reminder, because I, I got, I was lucky enough to be able to do an episode of the front end happy hour. Finally. Um, I think it was like last week or the week before. Um, so I tweeted about it and this was in August of 2019, I think. And I said that I had been just like several years worth of episodes in about three weeks. And Ryan, my manager now, who um, is running the, the handle for Front and Happy Hour, saw my tweet, tweeted back, followed me. And then um, we had this, uh, you know, basic like Twitter mutual relationship where we'd comment on each other's stuff every once in a while. Um, as time went on, and I'm still listening to the podcast, like Netflix in the sales world, we think about it as just like a streaming service. It's not, there's no like Fang, like nobody's talking about Fang or anything like that. So the um, appeal to work at Netflix actually came through hearing the voices on Front and Happy Hour and realizing that my favorite folks as the the panelists 
were people who worked at Netflix. And so that started me to think about, oh, I wonder what the culture would be like, or I wonder what it'd be like to work for, for Ryan. Like that would be so amazing. Um, one day he posted about a UI position that he had open on his team. And I was like, there is no way that I'm ready, but this would be my dream job. Like the role, um, you know, working at Netflix because of the culture, working on Ryan's team, all of this would just be so amazing. So what I did is I messaged Ryan and I was like, hey, listen, I don't think I'm ready to apply for this role, but could we have a conversation about what kinds of things you'd be looking for if you had another role open, like maybe six months from now or a year from now or something so that I can make sure that I'm working on the stuff that would put me in the best position, but also like showing you all the stuff. So kind of the same mentality that I had when I was trying to move over to engineering at SalesLoft is like, I wanted if anybody, if anybody had a conversation with Ryan, if anybody had a conversation with anybody at Netflix, I wanted my name to come up. So um, I wanted people to do the selling for me. So I talked with Ryan and um, this was just like a, a little Zoom call. And by the end of that conversation, I think it was him. He convinced me. He was like, you know, I think, you, I think you're ready. Um, he's like at the, at the worst, what is going to happen is they'll tell you no, but they'll give you feedback about all of the things that you need to work on. So they're, they're going to give you all the answers that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this will help to prepare you for the next interview. And so I went in through the whole interview process and, um, I remember him, it was like seven 30, his time on a Monday. And he was like, do you, do you have a second to talk? And I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, you know, we want to, we want to hire you. So, um, oh I was, yeah, a really, really happy moment. Um, so yeah, it, uh, so it was a, it, it was a long culmination of a great recruiting on behalf of Ryan and, um, just, again, the sales expertise came in, came in handy a little bit. And, uh, the, it was years worth of, um, just like posting things on Twitter, um, yeah. learning, you know, working and, and all of that stuff. So I think all that kind of ties into it, but really it was two tweets, two signature tweets that, um, got me to Netflix. <laughs> Never know how far your tweet will take you. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's so cool. It's, um, and I, I think your mentality going into it was really great of like, Hey, I don't think that I'm quite ready yet, but I want to be ready. And what can I do? And that's just showing that you have the drive and that you want to, you know, you want to get there and, and have what it takes. And then what a pleasant surprise to learn that you already were there and that you already were ready. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was like a little bit of imposter syndrome or something happening when you thought you weren't, but at least taking that approach probably showed Ryan and the team like, Hey, this person really wants this and they're ready to work for it. And so, um, and, and again, this is another example. I, I feel like a lot of the engineers and devs that I have on the podcast by default, because they agree to be on the podcast are pretty outgoing, but most people I talk to have some sort of story about how like having um, a profile or community somewhere like on social media or a blogging platform, or even engaging in a discord or Slack, like somewhere being involved in some community has helped them in a major way. So um, I, like I've talked to some devs that are like, even if you're super shy and don't want to have a public facing account and like show pictures of yourself, you can still answer questions on stack overflow and just get involved in some way. And, um, it just, I keep hearing that same 
mantra repeated through everyone I talk to. So if anyone's listening and has been listening to our podcast and still is afraid or or doesn't want to get involved in community, um, maybe you know reach out to some of the folks that we have on and get some tips of how to get started because it seems like it's a win-win no matter what. <laughs> Agreed, a hundred percent. Yeah, and what you said just reminded me of how Twitter to me was it was supposed to be my little secret, like it um, sales at the the big social media platform that you're using in sales is LinkedIn. Um, and that's why you'll get like recruiters use it and, and salespeople use it. So you'll get a lot of sales and you'll get a lot of um, recruiting messages if you're on LinkedIn. Twitter, I found a really great tech community there and um, nobody in sales knew about my Twitter and it was supposed to be my outlet for just posting, okay, I learned this, or I'm going to learn this, or I'm taking this course, hashtag 100 devs, or hashtag 100 days of code. And nobody would know that I was trying to move into engineering. So um, it was my way of doing something where I didn't have to post pictures. I could just like, I could even, you know, just use like a fake picture, which I don't advocate for doing. Um, if you're using Twitter to find a job, please use your real name and um your actual face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you seem more human um but if you if you don't feel comfortable like speaking or showing your face um aside from just a um you know a headshot or something definitely twitter is a great way to meet people without having to have a lot to say i mean they I even have like a character limit on it so um it's a it's a great like dip your toe in the water type of thing and um again, great tech community. So see where yeah. it goes. Yeah. It's definitely feels, um, less, so much less salesy and like less, I don't know, noise. Um, I mean, LinkedIn is great for the, some of the things that it serves and I don't really ever go on Facebook anymore, but I'm sure even Facebook serves, um, great purpose for certain things. But yeah, I think Twitter has, it's so cool how if you if you're following the right people and getting involved in the right groups, you can like learn stuff every day and meet really cool people. And, um, there's no pressure. Like some people will say, well, you have to post every single day if you want to get followers, but it's not like that. Just post when you have a thought about something or a question and see what happens. Like it's very laid back. So um, uh -huh. I agree. It's definitely the best community for, for tech space. Um, I feel like you've already given a lot of different snippets of advice and tips as you've been, as you've been sharing your journey, but is there any like big piece of advice that you haven't touched on that if you could go back and tell your younger self something you would, um, anything that comes to mind that we haven't talked about, or even if we did already talk about it, like what would you say would be the most important piece of advice that you would give someone that's in your shoes five years ago? Yeah, um, I would say just kind of what we just talked about is um, find a community, mm -hmm. but be because I, I want to give this a caveat too, because I will get a lot of requests from people. I, I think I've already gotten two today, two or three, um, just people asking me to be their mentor. And these are people I have never met. I'm not even mutuals with them. Like I'm not mutuals means that I'm following you um, right. and you're following me. And they'll ask me like, will you be my mentor or like, like your post? will you, you know, have a coffee with me? And the answer most often is no. I, I just, it's not that I don't want to help. Don't I just don't have time. Don't have <laughs> yeah. the time to do it. And, you know, we just talked about how, like, as a parent, I'm a single mom, by the way, um, as a parent and 
as a as a you know an employee who's like trying to just do a, a good job right. I'm like doing my best and I'm trying to manage burnout and all that stuff so I don't need to make a ton of excuses but like you're not the only person that's asking for stuff and um it's it's hard to um be emotionally connected to somebody that you have never met like I have empathy right. for it and I, I understand and I'm happy to answer questions but this is why I personally will do a ton of podcasts and blog posts so that I can spread the love as much as possible right. um you know and answer any questions like preemptively if you're looking for a mentor if you're looking for a community look for people who are already either asking for mentees like who are looking for mentees so there are a ton of great groups that you can find just with a quick google search and look for um groups that offer mentor mentee pairing and relationships and things like that or um if you want to take the longer route it's it's a longer route but um in my opinion it will you'll get a lot of great value out of it is to work on building friendships first. Right. And, um, you know, and this can happen over Twitter. All you have to do is just like comment on people's stuff. So, you know, somebody posts something, doesn't even have to be about tech. Um, for example, today or yesterday, I posted about um, cleaning people. I'm having cleaning people come and I'm cleaning for the cleaning people because I have anxiety and I don't want them <laughs> to judge me. <laughs> and, um, most of the people who commented one are people that I've never met in person. Um, but they're people who I feel close friendships with because I talk to them every day right. and I only talk to them through the comments on Twitter. And so if anybody asks me, asked me for, um, anything and they're, you know, we have this type of friendship, just like I did with, with Ryan, um, I'm going to say yes to that phone call. So, but it, it does take this time, you know, months or however okay. long of building these relationships with needs people. To build then, kind of organically a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like, I, I think even uh, like, I appreciate people taking the effort to say, Hey, will you be my mentor? Because I think that's advice that goes around a lot is like, you have to find a mentor, but a lot of times it happens more organically, like with you or where, where it's like an introduction between people or you start spending time with someone and then you're all of a sudden like, wait, I think this person's now my mentor. Like it doesn't have to yeah. be like sign this contract and start being my mentor today. And like, oh my goodness, I think yes. a lot of times it's a lot more organic than that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great point, Margot, because, um, at no point did I, even my mentor, um, like my, you know, we're meeting every once a week mentor, I never asked him, would you be my mentor? It was just right. like, you know, we're eating lunch. Like, do you want to eat lunch with me? Yeah. <laughs> or, he, you know, he's like, let's, let's just meet every week. Um, we never had that conversation. Um, but I, he, he knows he's my mentor. And right. um, I, I, in that lens, I do think I am a mentor to a lot of people. Right. And I have a lot of mentors myself, but we just never, nobody's ever been like, um, will you <laughs> be my mentor? <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just kidding but yeah I I agree yeah and and I think it's awesome that you're doing this where you do podcasts and write blogs because you can be a mentor to lots of people you've never met just by creating these resources so um I think that's a, a really awesome way to do it and I I really appreciate all this advice I think anyone listening is is going to as well it's like every single person I talk to has some really awesome snippets to take away. So I'm, I'm super excited always to have folks like you on. Um, 
I had one last question. I know we're kind of getting close to time here is if you have kind of transitioning back to a more tech focused question, but if you have any specific tools or languages, frameworks that you've had an eye on that are coming out or recently came out on the scene that you're excited to check out or like things you want to learn over the next six months. I, that's one of my favorite questions to ask because I have this running list of the technologies I want to check out because there's obviously endless mm -hmm. options out there. So I'm like, well, the smart people tell me what's worth looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so I will, of course, you know, say HarperDB, I'm very excited about because- oh, you don't have to say that. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but um, I have been, um, things have been kind of great. So for the people not listening, um, I, or sorry, for the people who are listening who don't have a background on me and Margot, I have, I wanted to write a blog post about HarperDB for the longest time and things just have kept coming in the way. Um, I'm really excited. I wanted to, I've, uh, data has been one of my big interests lately, not just like data itself, but um, performance as it relates to fetching data. So I've been looking for um, some good tools to learn more about because that space is kind of a big cloud to me, but I think it'll make it very dangerous in my role at Netflix. So that's one. Um, another one that I've been working with a lot lately is Remix. And um, if you follow Kent C. Dodds, you have heard about Remix like yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I spoke at Remix Comp this April, April 2022. Cool. And um, yeah, and so that like Kent actually gave me a um, private tour of remix back when they first came out last November, I think it was, or oh, right before awesome. they came out. Yeah. And, um, he really just like, he, he loves the tool and that's why he went over to remix. So he, he found them first and then went over. Okay. And so just like Kent's enthusiasm, when he sees something that he likes is just like, it's so contagious. So he already had me really excited about it before I even got to see it. But when you actually see remix itself you are just amazed at how fast it works and um again performance is one of the big things that i'm working with uh working on and interested in and um remix adopts the properties of a server rendered app on initial page load and then the properties of a client rendered app um when you're navigating between pages and so basically what that boils down to is that you are going to get a very fast app, no matter um, whether your internet connection is really slow, whether your app is really like big and heavy, um, your users get to benefit from a very fast app. And then you as a developer get to benefit from a lot of the things that you need to make the website or the app that um, you want and have the performance of it. Like all the stuff just comes right out of the box, like the fetching the data and all that good stuff just comes with like hooks and things that make it easier for you as a developer to not have to know so much about React or JavaScript or, or any one particular language um, in order to be super dangerous with it. So um, my talk at Remix Comp was on how Remix gets you to almost instantaneous interactivity, uh, which is just like what your users can do with your website no matter what their internet connection is. And um, so I would say 
Remix is something that I've been looking into a lot. I'm rebuilding my personal site using Remix. And then I'm also like basically on tour right now, giving um, talks about Remix as well. So that's, <laughs> that's a recommendation. Great. That's, that's uh, yeah, I've seen people talking about it more and more. It's definitely one of the, one of the um, frameworks that are just picking up speed pretty quickly. So um, I'm not surprised that you bring it up. I think I've seen lots, apart from Kent, I've seen lots of pretty notable, I guess you could call them influencers or whatever you want to call them <laughs> uh, on like on Twitter and other blogging platforms, um, building really cool tutorials and talking about it. So um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great example. And it's, it's cool that you spend your time on the side going and speaking at conferences about things you're passionate about. And then I'm sure a lot of times that circles back around and helps you figure out things with, that you're actually working on at Netflix, helps you figure out like what tools you wanna to work with and things you wanna change and implement. So it's all kind of like a moving animal um, that's interconnected, I think. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. Very cool. Well, hey, this has been um, so great chatting with you. I've really enjoyed it. Um, for people listening, I'll be sure to put any links um, in the show notes to your Twitter, other places you, oh to your website I know you just said you're rebuilding your website um cool. in the show notes if you'd like to connect and really appreciate you taking the time uh looking forward to keeping in touch and I'm super glad we finally got a chat yes thank you for having me on again um it was great chatting with you Margo awesome we'll have a great weekend and happy Friday again <laughs> happy Friday bye bye Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.